Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, yo, hello, and what's poppin', good people? Welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast, presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host, Zay. As always, I got my guy with me, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? Yo, we are going to make sure we get all the information that you need for the week. Yes, I did say for the week. Hopefully, you guys will have a great turkey day. Uh, we plan on doing the same, so this will be the only show for the week. We will have the live session on Sunday on the Facebook group to make sure that we help you out with your start sits and your DFS. So don't be surprised when you wake up Friday morning and there's not a show waiting for you. Uh, just because normally uh, we would record the show on Thursday evening, and half the games will pretty much already be done by then. So. Um, by all means, enjoy your holiday. We are going to attempt to do the same, but we are also going to make sure that you get your news and notes. We give you your week 11 review and we hook you up with your waiver wire gold for the week. Join us at the Facebook group at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group on IG at Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N. And if you need to get any information to us at Fantasy Football Fiend at Gmail. Now let's go right ahead and get into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right, good people. So let's jump right into it. Um, I know you guys have seen the news by now that Matthew Stafford was thought to have had a second concussion in two consecutive weeks. This could be one of the biggest pivots that people may end up having to take. I'm not exactly sure with the new rules in play how likely it is for him to be out this week, seeing as how it was two weeks in a row. But they set him, and Bryce Perkins came in because John Wolford, who would have been the backup, was hurt himself. So as of right now, we don't really have much of a update. As far as Stafford is concerned, other than the fact that he's going to have to deal with the uh, protocol, most likely um, right now, it's saying that he isn't in the protocol, but they did take every precaution and they went ahead and took him out the game for tests. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, we did get news that Kyler Murray isn't going to be playing this evening. So I hope you guys already have a pivot for him. If Colt McCoy is available, obviously you want to go ahead and grab him outside of that. If it's a super flex and you have a couple of more options, if it's a two QB league, your options are kind of down <laughs> to none at this point. So hopefully you were prepared. Justin Fields hurt his shoulder late in the game. Now, at this point in time, when he hurt his shoulder, I was taking my Sunday afternoon nap. So did you by chance happen to see the hit or the fall or whatever happened to Justin? No, I didn't actually see the actual act. Uh, I just seeing when he was holding his shoulder and kind of grimacing later i was watching on uh, red zone so i wasn't able to see the actual hit itself but when it happened i was like i told you i told you i mean yeah i've been saying that for about a month now i'm yeah. scared for the young man like how long can you <laughs> you know how long can you hold this thing up as far as right taking these hits and stuff so i knew it was coming eventually but um no i didn't actually see it live and the thing was i saw earlier in the game where he was kind of like, you could tell the shoulder was kind of giving him some some issues, but he wasn't knocked out of the game. So apparently he either got hit on or fell on that same shoulder yet again. And that's what actually got him on up out of there. 
He was a 14 of 21 for as far as passes were concerned for 153 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But obviously, uh, it's his rushing that kind of gives him that floor. He added 85 yards and a touchdown on 18 rushing attempts. The thing that Chicago is going to have to navigate at this point is, do you want a guy that can be spectacular while he's available, but not available, but not available very often? Or do you want a guy that's going to be out there and available to be your quarterback every week? Because the current formula is not sustainable as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't want to put myself in almost a Debo Samuel type of a situation. Now, granted, he's playing running back more than Debo was. And Debo was basically saying that he thought it was going to shorten his career of being a wide receiver. That's a touch and go type situation for me. But I would definitely look at a plan to pivot, especially if you are in a super flex league. Luckily, for most people though feels didn't start out at least as your starter so you should have some type of a pivot that you can make should he not be able to go we already talked about Colin Murray and his issue I'm not exactly sure with that hamstring if that's going to be a lingering situation I honestly didn't think that there was much of a chance that he wouldn't play today but apparently it's a little bit worse than what we originally thought it was going to be what you got on Kyle it seems like Cole McCoy is set to start that's that's really all I have. I'm not sure the severity of this injury. I know he's gonna be at least a week, but like this has extended on. So Colt McCoy, man, 49 defense looks good tonight. Clyde Edwards Alaire sidelined by an ankle injury. It looks like the Pacheco takeover has officially happened, and it looks like Ceh has fallen from grace. It looks he he's gone from the starter to a backup to the backup. Again, I don't know if you if if a lot of you guys knew this, but Kansas City was going to take Jonathan Taylor versus taking CEH. And the scuttlebutt was Andy Reid gave the decision to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it was basically, a, we're going to get a running back. You can pick which one you think will fit the best. And everybody who watched college football knew Jonathan Taylor was the guy. I know CEH had a hell of a uh, last month to his college season, but man, Jonathan Taylor broke records like throughout his career, but that's neither here nor there at this point. CEH, do you think he's done for the season as far as fantasy value is concerned? Or is he someone that you would just hold on to if you got him? Like, what are you doing with CEH? I'm releasing him. I think he's done as far as the fantasy season. Straight up release, huh? Yeah. Well, hell, most people can't trade, attempt to trade anymore. So I guess all you can do is release it. I mean, with him being healthy, he wasn't getting snaps. So now he's hurt. Pacheco, uh, now looking like I predicted he had 100 yards rushing. He did that. Um, he's the man now. He's the man in the driver's seat. McKinnon's going to be that third down guy. Uh, so, right. I mean, he has not much value right now. I mean, of course, if you're in a dynasty, you hold him. But if you're in a regular redraft league, then he, I don't think he has any uh, – he can help you any going down, this, going down the hill right now. You definitely can't depend on him unless you just wanted him as a – you know, back up to the back up to the back up, just a, a, a dart throw just in case, you know, a whole bunch of people go down. But if you end up getting to him as far as on, on your personal depth chart, your your playoff chances are, are pretty damn slim at that point, regardless of how you slice it. So, yeah, that's where we are with him. Uh, Joe Mixon officially has a concussion so joe mixon was ruled out of sunday's game against pittsburgh due to a concussion p ryan came in and was able to kind of you know uh, hold serve so is p ryan someone that you might look at or people that have a concussion on sunday unless it's a reoccurring thing you know they're waiting for the next week but are you picking up p ryan anyway just as a you know precautionary measure or is that only if you're the mixing owner that you would look at him in my opinion, only if you're the mixing owner, this would probably be of value of you. He had a good game, but this is not the norm. We've seen P. Ryan actually start games and not play that well. So I think only if you're the mixing owner, this will serve you value. Other than that, I'm not looking for him. Now, if you need help in a deep, deep league or something like that, then yeah, of course. But uh, other than that, no. Jalen Warren, who's the backup to Najee Harris there in Pittsburgh, he exited the game on Sunday with a hamstring issue. And it looked like... <laughs> This was the game that Najee decided that he was finally going to look like Najee. So I don't know if it was a chicken or egg situation or just a bingo situation. Their defense not 
quite playing up against the run the way they could, but Najee was actually able to get it done for his fantasy owners this week. Um, He put up double-digit numbers in all league types, so shout out to you guys that had the confidence to go ahead and start Najee even after his rocky road start. Are we still thinking, you know, when Warren gets back, Obviously, if the hamstring isn't too bad, are we still thinking that he has an opportunity to kind of take over the rest of the season based on Pittsburgh being in a, a, a losing situation, kind of not wanting to wear off the tread on Najee's tires? Or, or do we think that, you know, it's just going to be Pittsburgh as per usual? Um, they're saying this is going to, from for Port Survey, they're going to just ride Najee. So that being said, it's going to think ride his things at the wheel fall off, like literally. I don't think Jim yeah. Warren would um, be a threat at all right now until unless an injury happens. Chase Edmonds left the game on Sunday. Edmonds pretty much is exactly who I thought he was. I mean, he's just a guy, and, and he's just a guy that can't seem to stay healthy more often than not year in, year out as well. But uh, Denver's trying to shake up that you know backfield there. I, I don't exactly know what they're going to have. Going, well, I do know what they're going to have going next year. They're going to have Javante Williams going next year. And probably the vast majority, I don't know if any of these quote unquote elder statesmen of Denver will be there next year. They may just draft a rookie and get rid of Edmonds, Murray, Marlon Mack, who, who else they got? Somebody else. Uh, they might just get rid of all of those older guys and just run with the young kid. Now, I don't know how far into the season it may take for Javante to fully recover. So that may keep, you know, one or two of these guys on the team unless they go the the young route. But what you got on Denver? The only person I could see remaining from what they currently have would be Edmonds because they actually traded for him, right? The, the other guys are older. So I think Murray and Gordon will definitely be gone. Marlon Mackle will he'd be gone as well. Boone may be a, a third guy that they'll keep. Uh, that's who it was, Boone. I forgot about him. Yeah, he'd probably be a third guy that they'll probably keep on the roster. So in my opinion, it should look like Javonta, Edmonds, and Boone next year. That's what their running back room probably would look like. We had a few inactives. Some were right on time. Uh, others not quite as I uh, thought of. Uh, some were actually surprising. We had Zamir White from Vegas, who was Joe's guy that he was touting in the offseason. He's, well, for whatever reason, it's a coach's decision to be inactive. He's not even allowed to be the backup right now. I'm not sure if he's missing assignments as far as uh, picking up pass protection or what, but he's not even getting an opportunity. Um, same with Eno Benjamin. He was inactive on Sunday. Now, he was picked up by Houston. Houston is one of those teams that kind of needs as much help as they can get anywhere that they can get it. So, And, and running back really isn't one of those positions that you got to know a whole lot to be able to suffice in a game. So we'll see how that goes going forward. But I, I, I kind of thought that he and Pierce would be the guys in that backfield. Maybe he still will be. He just hadn't been there quite long enough but i mean then you also had gus edwards who didn't play week 11 due to his hamstring and knee injury so the same as you said you know those guys that are coming off of certain injuries yes they may be activated but as far as fantasy is concerned and as far as them getting back to peak production is concerned you kind of got to give them a year and we're seeing that with gus we're seeing that with dobbins we're seeing that um in with the Rams out there in LA, there's several different running backs that have attempted to come back and they just don't have that oomph that they had prior to. On the other end of that argument, Ezekiel Elliott was able to come back. He put up a touchdown. He was able to make sure that the fantasy players that did start him got a little bit out of his outing. That was pretty much all for the running backs. What you got there? I was a little surprised because it, was, it looked like he was going to be playing. Um, right. And I also was surprised that Drake didn't play that well. I mean, they were still playing a lot of Hill. You know what I mean? He was getting a lot of runs. So Yeah, Justice Hill. That was a little bit surprising for me uh, when it comes to that. Most of the other guys uh, you spoke on, um, Eno Benjamin, I figured, you know, he probably just, you know, wasn't quite familiar yet for them to put him out there. Um, he'd probably be more, he'd probably activate it next week, get another week with their playbook. Things like that, but I'm not. I'm, I'm sure. I'm not sure how much playing time you're gonna get anyway. I mean, being that uh, Pierce is really control that backfield, so I think that's really a more of a move for the future. It's probably Burkhead's last year in Houston, so right, true. I think that was just that that kind of move right there. But um, everything else, pretty much, you know, was was expected. 
we had a couple wide receivers that ended up hurt on Sunday. Kadarius Tony, the standout or breakout, if you will, wide receiver from Kansas City, he's dealing with a hamstring issue, was ruled out of Sunday's game. Don't exactly know the extent of the injury just yet, uh, but he left in the first half and was subsequently ruled out. Um, he's had an extensive history of hamstring issues over the uh, over the course of his brief NFL career. So it wouldn't be surprising if it's going to take him a couple of weeks. Um, his, his hamstring held him out in New York for a good bit of the year. So as soon as you thought you had some goal, you realized that uh, you got to find a replacement. So I hope no one is counting on him too much. But at this point, a new flare up with that hamstring, I, I don't know if I would trust him for the rest of the year, honestly. But you got on Tony. I don't know about trusting for the rest of the year, but let's see the severity. I mean, fantasy year, because we're going to oh, yeah, yeah. what, 12? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's see if it's a how minor. It could be minor. It could be serious. So let's see. I still think he's probably the best on their team when I healthy. That, yeah. I've seen that. It, it's funny how that game played last night. He had all these injuries to the wide receivers, and, and the Chargers still refused to uh, double Kelsey. I just don't get it. But what do I know? <laughs> it's time for, I guess, Sky Moore. Scott Moore's in line. Mike Williams didn't return after an ankle injury. I'm not 100% certain if it's the same injury. Well, actually, it is confirmed. Brandon Staley confirmed, his head coach confirmed after the game that Williams aggravated the high ankle sprain. So this may be something that you can enlighten us on a little bit, Vander, as far as I know with high ankle sprains, they normally take four to six weeks. Does it does the process start over if you aggravate it? Or are we talking about like a one, two week type of a situation here? Well, it all depends. I mean, it could go both ways. It could really start over the process or it could be, you know, I need a couple more weeks. But uh, being Mike Williams and his history with these type of things, right. it, it's He's probably going to start it you over. you say he healed like molasses? <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> he healed about slow as molasses. So, I mean, it hey. took him, what, a month to come back? This from, from the uh, ankle originally? Was it two or, weeks? Or, or a little more than that? Was it two weeks or was it a month? I, I, I want to nah, say he it's meant, been a he, minute since nah, he missed. Minute. Well, they had the bye week and then he missed two weeks. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so, so it's um, been close to a month as far as inactivity is concerned. Right. And then he got injured the first game back. Right. So, with that being said, I mean, just add another couple weeks to that. He may come back by the time you start your playoff in your, in your league. Now, the second part to the question is do you trust? Because let's say he's out, let's say two, three weeks. Week mm-hmm. 15 rolls around. That's the first week of playoffs. He's back. Do you start him as long as he's back? I don't, that would be kind of scary for me. I mean, being the same that, thing might happen again that happened this game. Yeah, but what you have available, availability, and then the matchup. So, yeah, at this point, you're a prisoner, you know what I'm saying, to, to it. So, you, you have no choice. You have to do what you got to do. Because if you have him, he's probably probably a better receiver. Without, what else do you have on your team? And then week 15, they got Tennessee. So it's a sweet matchup. So someone is going to be more inclined to try and trust it. Me personally, I probably will try it as well. Wondell Robinson sustains a knee injury in sun- on Sunday. Man, another giant who just can't seem to get health. Finally thought that they had that complement of wide receivers and they were going to kind of be able to maximize what they were doing on offense. But now it looks like, you know, they, they traded Tony. Wandell is still not quite right. The only wide receiver they really have is Slayton right now. Richie James is still out there trying to perpetrate, but he's not that dude. For the Giants' sake and for Robinson's sake, I hope that the knee injury wasn't anything serious. It did keep him out of the game, and he has had several injuries in his very short NFL career. That's another guy that I'm probably not going to trust. Just as a reminder, Hollywood Brown is not expected to play. So. If you had Hollywood Brown in your lineup, you got to go ahead and make a pivot from that. Unfortunately, you won't be here in this show until Tuesday and the game will be over. So I'm hoping that you were able to figure that out for yourself. Jamar Chase, he could practice this coming week. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that you may get Jamar Chase back prior to the playoffs, which I would prefer to have him back a week or two prior to the playoffs. So that way we can kind of see the kind of shape he comes back in as far as being able to give it 100 percent. But I would rather his prognosis than that of one that, you know, might not be back until the playoffs like Mike Williams. How are you feeling about Chase when he comes back? You better get it. I got him in my league, so I'm firing him up. I mean, that's how I'm I feel about it. Too. Yeah, fire him up per usual. Yeah. <laughs> Don't hesitate. Get him in there.
tight ends, we had Gerald Everett, who ended up being inactive. He had a groin issue. Was kind of hoping that he'd get the goal on Sunday. Could have been a difference maker in that very close game between the Chargers and the Chiefs. Cal Pitts. Currently, no update on Kyle Pitts, but he hurt his knee in Sunday's game and Sunday's win over the Bears. This is one of those could possibly be addition by subtraction type of deals because as long as Pitts is available, most of us are going to find a way to get him into the lineup or based on where you drafted him, as long as he's healthy, you kind of got to start him over most other tight end options. Maybe him not being there will force you to pivot and you may actually be able to you know, stream some tight end production and things of that nature, but he did get hurt on Sunday. Any news or updates as far as Pitts is concerned? No, the only thing I heard that they said was no ligaments torn or anything of that nature. Okay. So, um, it's just pain or whatever at this point? Oh. Yeah, probably a bruise or maybe even a, a sprain or something, but it, there was nothing torn, so that's a good sign. Well, that pretty much wraps up the news and notes. We're going to go ahead and deep dive into your Week 12 waiver wire all right so let's hop right into it waivers uh, we are going to throw out several names and uh vander's going to let me know whether or not this guy would be a guy that he will go after or whether he would kind of just leave him alone we're going to start out with our running backs now a lot of these guys may or may not be on your waiver but they are guys that are generally are not heavily owned right now the first guy i already know what your answer is going to be but i'm gonna throw it out there for the benefit of those that may be listening for the first time or didn't catch a show or a piece of a show waiver wires week 12 rashad white worth it or don't bother he's worth it samaj p ryan not worth it but don't bother. <laughs> gotcha. Gus Edwards. Don't bother. Latavius Murray. If you, if you really need help, he's worth it. Cam Akers. Don't bother. James Cook. Don't bother. Jarek McKinnon. He's worth it. Kyron Williams. Don't bother. Kenneth Gainwell. Don't bother. Unless it's an injury. Do you think it's worth it to have him in case it's an injury? Because yeah. after the injury, it might be too late if you don't have the, you know, one I mean, of the if top you're, if, you're the, if you're the Sanders owner, then, I mean, why not? But, uh, you know, if you don't so have any other cup, Yes, but outside of that, don't really worry about it. Correct. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. He's right, not cool. worth the roster spot. He's not worth the roster spot on your team to hold up just because you, you know, waiting for an injury unless you're the owner of Sanders. Gotcha. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, let's move on to wide receivers. A couple of these guys we have talked about, but again, for the benefit of those that may not have heard, first up, George Pickens. Worth it, for sure. Traylon Burks. He's worth it. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Worth it. Darius Slayton. Borderline. <laughs> considering this, considering he's worth it. Paris Campbell. Don't bother. Marquez Valdez-Skent. Don't bother. Michael Gallup. Don't bother. Nico Collins. He's worth it. Jarvis Landry. Worth it. Zay Jones. He's worth it. Terrace Marshall Jr. Now, this one will be tricky. I'm going to say not worth it. Right now, because I, I really think Sam, I think Sam Darnold going to be the starter this week. So if Sam Darnold's the starter, who do you think DJ um, Moore. benefits most? DJ Moore? How, what do you think that um, doesn't really help or hurt, like LaVisca, Chanel, or, or, you know, the other guys out there? Nah, those guys already, they they, they are who they are. Can't be hurt anymore. Than what they right. are. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, Van Jefferson. Don't bother. I mean, unless you're going to. And when I say don't bother guys, like if you just if you just like down bad, I mean you have you no need choice. To, yeah, but <laughs> right. if you, I mean to to wait if you number one in your waiver spot, I don't think he's worth it. Because hell, who, who's the quarterback going to be for the next two weeks? Who knows at this point? Perkins. Um, well, it, I guess it depends on if Walford goes. Um, right. Don't, but either way, it. I mean that ain't exactly you know. Uh, yeah. Randall Cobb. <sighs> Not worth it. OBJ. He's worth it. 
Kendall Hinton. I'm going to say not worth it because I think Judy coming back. We got DJ Chart. Don't bother. Demarcus Robinson. Don't bother. Don't be fooled by that. Richie James. He's worth it for a week. <laughs> Maybe a week or two. You got to find him. Yeah, you got to find him for the right week, right? But I mean, with the right Wondell week could be this going week. down. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, with Wondell going down, this week might be his week. He's all alone. Yeah. The only person he got out there with him is, is, is Slayton. Hey, number one, number two receivers. Trenton Irwin. Don't bother. And lastly, for wide receivers, Quez Watkins. Don't bother. All right, the tight ends list is a little bit shorter. I noticed, unlike the running back list, there's quite a bit more wide receivers that are worth it than there are running backs, Mm -hmm. which may be something to keep in mind next year as you build your roster. Nine times out of 10, most years, even when you get to week 12, 13, and 14, there are guys on the waiver as far as wide receiver are concerned that are worth starting in certain situations. Running back dries up pretty quickly. so. Again, just something that you may want to keep in mind this time next year. Tight ends. Now, this one, I'm, I talked myself out of going with them this week, and it didn't cost me anything. But Jawan Johnson has scored a touchdown, I want to say, in like three games in a row, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. tight end for New Orleans. For whatever reason, I think a lot of fantasy owners, including myself, still look at it as fool's gold. Is, is this guy... The next up, and it, I guess it kind of has something to do with the fact that Taysom Hill is the guy that we look at as being the number one tight end in New Orleans as well. But what are your thoughts on Jawan Johnson? No, he's definitely worth it. I mean, Taysom Hill's not – he don't actually play the position tight end. I know he's listed as a tight end, but, I mean, even Troutman. Yeah, Wildcat and, quarterback. And, yeah, and Johnson. Those guys are really like the more traditional tight ends in his offense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm more, he's, he's definitely worth it. I just picked him up in my league. Um, God damn it. So he seems like a favorite of uh, Andy Dalton, to be honest with you. So red I was zone. just looking for him in that league, too. <laughs> yeah, in the red zone, they've been really looking for him. Most definitely worth it. Now, for some, Mike Gusecki may be on waivers based on the fact that he was on bye last week. Yep. And some people might not have had the luxury of holding on to him. If you needed a spot starter or if you needed a tight end in general, is Gusecki someone that you might look at picking up at tight end? I'm not favorable of his schedule. Again, if you need it, then, you know, if you need someone, he's definitely worth it. I mean, if you have someone already in place, then, you know, it could be a toss-up. But if, you, if you're if definitely down bad, maybe you just had, you had Goddard, you had hurt, so you had one of these guys that got hurt. Maybe you're a pits owner if you if you've been playing. Right. Uh, then he's definitely worth it. Now I'm gonna throw out a couple other tight ends that are waiver wire worthy most likely, but I I also want you to tell me if you would pick these guys over a Mike Gusek. Um, a Greg Dochich may be available for some. Is he worth it? And it, would you choose him or would you choose Mike G? I would choose him, especially with. Yeah, with uh, Kubiak now being the offensive coordinator. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 you know, if I watched that game and Russ, he had a touchdown that Hinton, Hinton would have had it, but they ended up, you know, getting down at the one and then Murray punched it in. They didn't play bad. The offense line is not that good. But the play calling actually looks a whole lot better now with Kubiak calling it. So. We just mentioned them. Taysom Hill. Worth it or not? And no. would you go with him or would you go over Mike G? Mike, give me Mike G over him. Foster Moreau. Is he worth it? And where's he in the pantheon of things? I'll take Jacecki. Evan Ingram. I would take. Now that's what kind of that toss-up thing is. But I would take Evan Ingram. Okay. I would okay. Take that's, Ingram. that's. I would gotcha. take Ingram. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trey McBride. I would take. With Ertz being out, I would some take people Gis- may have to pivot there. Yeah, I would take Jacecki. Logan Thomas. I would probably still take Jacecki. Austin Hooper, who's finally getting targets and actually doing something with. Him. Yeah, he seems like turning a new leaf. Um, and again, that's one of those toss-ups. I will go whoever had the better matchup in that out of those two guys. And lastly, for tight ends, Trey McKitty. Jaseki. All right, and last up for waivers, this is going to be pretty much your single QB leagues. We're looking at the quarterbacks that may still be available to you on the waivers, whether or not they're going to be worth it. And this is, I guess, kind of a little bit different based on the league type. Superflex 2QB. It's not even a question, <laughs> but single QB leagues are based on schedule and based on, you know, happenstance later on within the year. Deshaun Watson, are we thinking he's going to come out firing on all cylinders or is he 
going to disappoint people that have waited for him for 13 weeks to not do very much more than what others did already. I think he'll come out lukewarm. I was having a conversation about this dude last night. What do you expect? I mean, the dude ain't playing two years. I expect him to come out looking about like Brissett. Basically. I mean, if he gets you 17, 18 fantasy points, man, clap your hands. He did great. Right. You exactly. know what I'm saying? I don't think you're going to. Don't expect him to be the savior. Yeah, you don't expect him to be Josh Allen out of the gate. You know what I'm saying? He's rushing for 80 yards of touchdown and throwing for 300. He's, nah. Now, that he, is one thing that, that I think he could do more of than he will do in the future because – a play breaking down and you running the ball is, isn't something that you have to be taught or anything that you have to understand about your new team. The running may actually be what gives them a decent floor, but I, I don't foresee him just coming in and, you know, just taking over like that. Right. What about uh, Trevor Lawrence? And like again, Trevor we're looking Lawrence. at single QB league. So. Not for sure. I like Trevor Lawrence, especially uh, he has a pretty favorable schedule coming down the pipe. So, yeah, I love him. I mean, his next three games, he got Baltimore, Detroit, and Tennessee. You can't get nothing better than that, as you know. So, I love Trevor Lawrence. Baltimore's defense has looked kind of good the last couple of weeks. It looks like they've kind of turned over a new lead. Are we sure that we kind of feel that he's going to be able to do the same as what teams have done previously to Baltimore? Or are we kind of seeing something different going on down there? Some kind of I know they got a little healthier. They did have a few guys come back. I mean, against the run. I think Baltimore is definitely even more stout, but with the way Jacksonville passes the ball, he may be able to do well, you know, against them. I'm gonna still say yeah. I think I, I like him. What about Derek Carr? Man, Derek Carr, that dude there, man, you just don't know. <laughs> you don't. Not the Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Yeah, but I mean, I would, I would, I'd rather have Lawrence than him. I put it like that. Taylor so, Heineke. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> okay, let me ask you this: Do you think? This carriage turns back into a pumpkin. The word was he'll be our quarterback as long as he plays well. Is that the team's way of saying we know at some point in time we're going to put Wentz back in there? We're just waiting for you to be the reason why? And do we think he's going to give them that reason? Or what's his prognosis of possibly finishing out the season? Uh, that I don't know because he's not the reason they're winning games. So that's the funny thing about true, it. Like, true. Yeah, they're winning games. But, he's but not unlike Wentz, he's not he, – he's like with Wentz, he could be the win- the reason that you went up, but also the reason why you end up ultimately losing. I think that's what you don't have with Heineken. Like he's not going to be the reason you win, but he also won't put you in a position to lose a game that you were already winning. Right, I could see that. I mean, this defense is playing a lot better, so they're really the reason why they're winning these games. But I guess it's just like a what you call it, um, jinxing. They don't want to jinx themselves, you know what I mean? So as long as he's at the right. helmet and they're winning, they're gonna just keep him in there, but. They got the Giants coming up twice in the next three weeks or next four weeks. And then they got the Niners. So it depends. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he could very well lose that job in the next couple of weeks or so, so. The last two quarterbacks, we got Kenny Pickett. And then this last one, I guess this could come into factor in Superflex and 2QB as well. But Bryce Perkins. Perkins, man, absolutely not. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I would say, yeah. He has some pretty uh, some okay matchups coming up. So Kenny Pickett, he'd be kind of like a streamer. He's somebody you should stream. I mean, I hope you don't have, you, you know, you're not all in with Kenny Pickett. I like I like Kenny Pickett. Uh, he has some pretty decent matches. He, he, they seem to be kind of turning the curve a little bit slower. Him and Pickens do have a nice little rapport. He missed him on a nice one last night too. And that wraps up your waivers. We are going to end the show with your Week Eleven review. All right, good people. So we aren't going to go through every matchup, but we do want to give you a couple highlights and players to watch out for as far as several of these matchups are concerned. First up was Titans versus Green Bay. All things being equal, um, the Packers are out of it. The Titans are looking like they're going to do what they have done since Mike Brabrell took over. Um, They won 27-17. The highlight from this one for me are the thing that I'm looking at from the fantasy vein. Christian Watson might just be one of those dudes. I I won't say that he'll do exactly what he's done over the last couple of games. You know, I won't extrapolate that through the rest of the season just yet. But he's definitely worth that dart throw at your wide receiver three or two position, just depending on what you got going on. The thing that scares me, the further they get away and they may be mathematically eliminated this week from the playoffs, 
I don't know for certain that they put Aaron Rodgers out there for all of the rest of the games as far as fantasy are concerned. So if you're if you have Aaron Rodgers as your guy, you might either want to have a backup or maybe you pick up Jordan Love just in case. But that's pretty much all I got from that one. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I like Watson. I have him on my squad. I, I could see him maybe winning some people some leagues coming down. Hill, he's playing well. You know what this does? Um, I mean, that Jordan Love thing will be a factor. I right. like him a whole lot better with Rodgers than, than Love. So, uh, And there's no guarantee that Love is going to be in there. I just don't see a reason for well. Other than building the rapport that they're going to need for next year that they obviously didn't have this year. I mean, that you have a whole offseason and preseason next year for that. And they may not be the only wide receivers in the time by the time that time rolls around. So I don't know how the organization is going to look at that. Yeah, I agree with you on that. But I think Rodgers going to play. I don't see Rodgers just sitting out and just holding a clipboard for the rest of the season. So I think he'll finish it out. But Traylon Burks is another guy I think that we talked about in the waiver. Breaking news. Ricky Wandell Robinson tore his ACL. Yeah, so he's done for the season. I've seen that. I didn't think he was. It was I knew that what it was anyway. So, but yeah, Treylon Burks, man, go get him. I think he's going to be a good addition. Um, he's just getting back, and he was, you know, heavily involved. And they need. Yeah, I think he had help. eight targets and caught seven of them. And yeah. he had like a. Um, I know he had over a hundred yards. I think, was, I think he had like a hundred and eleven yards. And. The only reason he may still be available on your waivers is because he didn't score a touchdown. Had he had that many yards and scored a touchdown, people would be looking at him in the same vein as Watson. The Bears versus Falcons. Falcons won 24-7. to Major thing coming out of this one is Phil. Hopefully we'll find out what his prognosis is. Luckily it was his none-throwing shoulder. What do they have to really play for? I mean, they, they've played an exciting brand of football, but they aren't in a position to do much as far as wins and losses are concerned. So. How do you feel about the guy who's been a fantasy darling this year? I feel like I felt. Um, I just see him sustaining this thing. And, I mean, no news yet. I watch, it, It's a nice little stinger, whatever you got. I don't know if it's a collarbone injury or, or what, but it's, it's it was nice. His left shoulder? Yeah, it um, was the non It reminds me of um, Baker Mayfield. Um, okay. The injury that Baker Mayfield sustained last year. Mm-hmm. And it definitely – Baker Mayfield isn't Fields in general, so I don't know if it'll have the same effect, but it definitely affected Baker Mayfield last year. Well, it should affect him as well, I mean, because now you're more, you don't want to run. Nah, you don't want to land on that shoulder. Right, you don't want to get hit, you know what I mean? So, and if he's not running, his value is not really. It's not value at all. Like, he he, he don't throw the ball very often. I think that it works out well for Komet, just because now, instead of, Feels throwing the ball all the time. If he ends up getting out there, he'll have to throw the ball. And Komet is his best pass catcher right now. I know Mooney is the go-get-it guy, but Komet is definitely the best pass catcher. Um, the Eagles snuck out a win, 17-16. to Now, I want your take on this one based on something that you said on the live show on Sunday. Make sure you guys catch that on Sunday. We start right around noon. As far as your start sits in DFS, but you said let's see if Jonathan Taylor is back. He ended up having like just over 80 yards and a touchdown against his vaunted Eagles defensive line. So is he back? I think he's back considering matchups. So I'm not gonna say he's back here because I mean he's running hard. I don't. It's, and this is no knock on um on Taylor. Everybody, it's what's in front of him. You know what I'm saying? They're really not paving a way for this guy to do his thing. I mean, he still has the burst, you know what I'm saying? He still has it. Like, he's good. It's not on him. But he has a couple of matchups coming up. You know, he got Dallas coming up. He got uh, Pittsburgh, you know, Minnesota. So I, I think he's going he's gonna to do extremely well against the teams he's supposed to do well against. And he's going to be, you know, mediocre against the guys that have the more vaulted defensive run stoppers. So. The Jets went up against the Patriots. This was a 10-3 to win for the Patriots. I saw this game as being kind of a knockdown, drag out type of situation, but 10 to 3 is even lower than what I fathomed that it would kind of end up being. At this point, have we seen enough of Wilson? I mean, Flacco was a top three passing yards uh, gainer prior to Wilson taking back over. So you have the weapons, but your current quarterback would make you think that you don't have the weapons. Yeah, I've been like saying Flacco fits this, this team's uh skill set. I would love Flacco in the playoffs 
if he can get back in the uh, in the in the driver's seat in this team because as far as again, they're, they're, they're what six and four now, I think six and four. So, yeah, I think they're six and four. So they're so still in the hunt. You, you think you think they actually make a move? I mean, this is what I'm looking at. If you're in the hunt for the playoffs and you know Wilson can't get you there, and you saw what Flacco was doing, what's more important, making the playoffs? or developing Wilson if he's not going to be your guy going forward? What's the point of developing him if you're going to draft somebody anyway? I, I think the move that they make is going to be indicative of what they see their future being. They'll go to Flacco if they just are in win-now mode trying to say, hey, we finally made the playoffs after X amount of years versus saying, hey, we want to see what this guy can ultimately end up being because he's just uh, not showing. Well, the thing he's is, he, it's that same thing we talk about with Heineke, right? They're winning games, and he's just a quarterback. But he's not the reason why they're winning these games, right? The defense right. is playing well, things like that. Like they beat Green Bay. He had 110 yards. He didn't throw they no touchdowns. They were putting touchdowns. up points with Flacco. That's what I'm saying. Right. They, like Flacco was a part of the reason they were winning. They weren't right. just like trying to keep themselves from losing because of him. I think if Brees Hall was still playing, Wilson would look a lot better, and he could hide a lot more of his warts. But you got to be able to pass the ball in this situation, bro, because Michael Carter ain't gonna do it for you. No, one hundred percent. I think with the way this de- the way this defense is emerging, I, t- I put it like this: they had Flacco yesterday, they didn't want. That's all I'm saying. I I, I can agree with that. I can agree <laughs> with that. You know I mean, you only needed one more touchdown, and, and and you got to the red zone several times. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, the Commanders went up against the Texans. This was a twenty-three to ten win for the Commanders. I think Heineke's gonna mess around to keep this job. Man. Wentz didn't do anything spectacular. They're now in the mix in the uh, NFC East, which on paper was supposed to be one of the worst divisions. And one of the best divisions on paper, the AFC West, is looking like they still only got uh, Kansas City. So that's why we play the games. Um, On paper doesn't mean very much of anything now. Right, for sure. As far as Heineke, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? like (laughs) he's not. I can tell you what I know about Heineke. I know that he's going to throw that damn ball to McLaurin. McLaurin didn't have that great of a game this week. Yeah. But that is one thing I can say about uh, Heineke because Wentz would have had you thought that Scary Terry lost a step. Heineke steps in and immediately he's catching balls that Wentz, I believe, is too shell-shocked to throw because you know he's going to lose his job if you mess around and throw an interception. I think that's what we kind of have for him. The Rams went up against the Saints. This ended up being a 27-20 to win over the Rams for the Saints. Man. How the mighty are falling. The Rams aren't aren't it. They just aren't it. I know Matthew Stafford ended up getting hurt in this game, but even prior to, they just don't look right. I know Cooper Cup wasn't in the game as well, but prior to this game, the Rams weren't looking quite right. I believe that they're pretty much done for the season, unfortunate to say at this point, but not a whole lot to go. Olave went off, which is we kind of had our reticence on him based on the matchup, but he wasn't guarded by Ramsey the entire time, so he was able to do what he needed to do when he had the opportunity to do it. I think he had like 105 yards and a touchdown, so he definitely did his thing. The Browns went up against the Bills. Bills win this one 31 to 23. Pretty much the guys that were supposed to pop off popped off. Cooper is showing that Dallas made a huge mistake. I hope they got somebody that ends up being a Hall of Famer with that fifth round pick that they got for Amari Cooper. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, you could really use him right about now. And oh, for sure. The Browns are showing you that he's still that dude, and he has a backup quarterback throwing on the ball right now. If this team had Cooper, they'd really be a serious contender for real. Yeah, for real. They sabotage themselves, yeah. <laughs> essentially, for a fifth-round pick. But, hey, got but they were cash-strapped, too, and he was going to be – I think he was going to be like a 18 or $19 million against the salary cap this year. But, hell, everybody else figured out a way to keep their guys. I'm, I'm assuming you could have done the same thing. Um, I, I don't know. That was, that was an interesting move, and it's now showing that it was ill-advised. The Ravens went up against the Panthers. This was one of those knockdown, drag out games. They won 13 to 3. And the game was actually a lot closer than the ending score, if you will. Baker showed that he's Baker. Um, I had full confidence in the Ravens' defense because Baker was out there. But the Ravens' offense didn't really do very much. That was kind of surprising to me. But the Panthers' defense isn't bad. I just didn't think it would be good enough to hold the Ravens to less than 14 points. 
I was a little surprised that the Ravens didn't run the ball a little more effectively. Um, that's the only thing I could find surprising. I had a feeling. I, I know Foreman was, you know, going to come back down to earth a little bit. And with yeah, Baker Mayfield, that. <laughs> yeah, and with Baker Mayfield at the hell, like, I mean, what are we doing? You know what I'm saying? Like I said before, I think Sam Donald will be the guy going into next week. I think he'll probably get the start, and they're going to see what he got left in the tank. Because um, they got, uh, well, they got Denver week 12. So, and the funny thing about it, Carolina, whoever the quarterback, pretty decent schedule going on in the playoffs. So, yeah. Maybe Donald can get that magic going he had last year in the first couple of weeks of the season where he was leading the league in Russia, right? <laughs> you use the same formula that you had the first like three weeks of the season last year with CMC and Donald and just get a ball to Foreman and right. let Donald basically be basically you run the Chicago offense and you're in a much better situation. It's is basically what they need to do. The Giants went up against the Lions. The Lions handed them a L 31 to 18. Are the Giants gianting, or did the Lions just happen to be the better team on this day? I know we were giving everybody, you know, props as far as the Giants were concerned for overachieving. Are they now coming back to, you know, kind of regressing to the mean, if you will, or was this a blip on the radar? No, the Giants are just. I remember I said that like this team was winning. I give them kudos. They playing off heart. Your heart only going to take you so far in the game of football. You got to have some actual ability, some talent. And they just come back down to earth. Uh, they're playing and I just knew Barkley would do better than what he did. I don't, right? Um, he was kind of a disappointment, especially like DFS and things like that, where mm-hmm. you're playing against one of the worst run teams in the league, and then you go out there and you do what you do. I think so, Houston is the only one worse. <laughs> I just think Giants just came back down to earth. Now they're you know, just being who they really are. I mean, takes from this game. Uh, Odell Beckham was a name that was mentioned. Uh, he did say he will visit the Giants. He's gonna visit the Cowboys and then the Giants. I mean, if you're trying to if, if if you're trying to be a mercenary for hire like Von Miller, I think honestly the team that he could take, I won't say over the top, but to the top, is probably gonna be Dallas because they really just need one more pass catcher and then they need Pollard and Zeke to do what they do, and I think their offense will be just fine. If I was them, he would already be in the building learning to play. But I don't. I don't want to wait until he's healthy for him to. He needs to be acclimated before then. Like like, wherever he's going, what are you waiting on? Is how I'm looking at it right now. The Raiders went up against the Broncos. They ended up winning 22 to 16. I think that probably saved their coach's job. And Nathaniel Hackett is back on the hot seat again. Again, the Broncos' offense not doing very much at all. The Cowboys put a shellacking on the Vikings, 40-3. to Now, I don't know if this was a we beat Buffalo last week and all of our emotional energy has been tapped out and this should have been a game that people should have been able to see coming based on the Cowboys losing last week and their emotional energy being on full charge. But 40-3, to I did not see coming. I did not see... Cook having this type of a game against Dallas just because their strength is the pass rush. So you can kind of run at the pass rushers and do pretty decent on the ground. They they did nothing anyway. That really kind of threw me off kilter. I thought Cook would play a little bit better. But he didn't play bad, to be honest with you. I mean, 11 carries. I, I thought it would. Mean, I thought we get a touchdown. It's, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he had. Set, he, I mean, he actually played well. I mean, consider they just got a. They got behind. I mean, they kind of took him out the game. I mean, 11 carries for 72 yards. I mean, I'll take that any day. You know what I'm saying? It's over six yards a carry. So, again, they got behind, and then they got to pass the ball. You know, and this, this defense is made to play in front, right? Like you said, the pass right. rush. Hell yeah. So, we know you passing the ball. We pin our ears back, and Michael Parsons is coming, and we've seen a lot of that. So, that's that's pretty much what happened in this game. This got behind, and then, you know, it's kind of took Minnesota out of their game plan. The Bengals went up against the Steelers, ended up winning 37-30. to 30. This game actually had a lot more points scored than I thought it was going to have. A divisional game, nothing really surprised me in this game too much. How about you? I'm with you on that. It's just one of those games, you know what I'm saying? One, like you say, it's just one of those divisional games. Uh, one of the surprises, I thought Tyler Boyd would, you know, get a little more involved, especially with Chase out. Yeah, with close to 40 points, you would think that he would have been, you know, if right. I said the Bengals scored 40 points this week, close to 40 points this week, you would think that he had a you know pretty good week. Right. The Chiefs so. went up against the Chargers. That was a 
30 to 27 point victory for the Chiefs, pulling it out in the tail end there. Man, that was a hell of a game. I just feel bad for Justin Herbert because at the end of the year, we're just going to look at numbers and it's really not on him. Like he can't have a healthy complement of guys on either side of the ball. I don't think he's had that in any game this year other than game one. So what makes you a question about Justin Herbert? Would you call him a disappointment? See, that's the thing. His numbers are disappointing. But what he was able to do with the pedestrian crew is actually admirable. The fact that they're 500 and he hasn't had his best guys like for weeks, in my opinion, he should be, you know, applauded for. But fantasy wise, if I drafted him where he had to be drafted, yes, I'm disappointed. Right. So let me ask you the opposite and equal based on where Isaiah Pacheco was drafted, which was not drafted in most cases. Do we think that he might mess around? Do you, do you have the, the same feeling about him as you did for Kristen Watson? Could he was was this just a, a really good game or could this nah, be the guy for the rest of the year? Like for sure, he, he might be for that sure. dude. For sure. I mean, every year, man, fantasy is always some guy that's gonna win your league that either wasn't drafted, you know, most of them a lot of them don't be drafted. Free agents, a lot of times it is running backs because of injuries, things of that nature. And because you want to be playing ball well at the right part of the season and right that's it. Absolutely. you know what i'm saying and injuries and things like that circumstances guys developing quicker is the reason why and these two guys are most most definitely i'll be some guys that's gonna probably win some leagues this year i mean that's just what it is and um, what you see a lot of times is a lot of those guys weren't used very heavily at the beginning of the season so they just have a lot more left in the tank and they end up winning you your fantasy season because a lot of the guys that were the big dogs in the beginning especially if they have a good record, they may not be used quite as heavily as they were prior to. Right. Those those new guys are chomping at the bit. I feel the same way about the possibility of Rashad White being one of those guys, one of those younger guys that just happened to take over at the right time, and now you you pretty much got something for nothing. But yeah, there are a couple of guys out there, Christian Watson. Uh, Traylon Burke seems like he actually knows the playbook now, and they're going to him the way that they thought they were going to be able to when they drafted him. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of young guys out there that may end up just, you know, taking that cookie from the elder statesman and helping you bring home the championship. It happens literally every single year. 100%. I mean, man, it, there's, there's levels. Three, it, it, broke, it breaks down in three pieces. I mean, you got the early part of the season, and that's usually when, you know, you you, you got your draft, the guys that you drafted. You're supposed to take that part of the season and figure out where is this league going because every year is different. You know what I mean? You take those first four games, you want to figure out, okay, who, what team is bad against the pass or what team is bad against the run? How are guys going to be uh, played this year? This, that. You kind of figure it out. Then the middle part, you know, you're trying to stay in the pack. You're trying to make sure your team is winning games, staying uh, uh, you know, above water. And then on the, on the, on the, in the last quarter of it, or the last third of the season, you're trying to get the guy that's going to be playing well. You're looking at more matchups going into the playoffs, things of that nature. So you're coming downhill, and you want guys that's playing well at the right part of the season, not guys that's just – the guys that's been doing good week three, week four, that's not going to help you at this time of the year. And that's I'm the sorry. trap that a lot of people fall into. It's like, oh, my guys got me wins in the beginning. And they, and they stick with them. what's going to happen. Right. right. Let me not capitalize on the fact that they overachieve <laughs> and let me go get a guy that – underachieved that I know unless he's just about to have the worst season of his life, I'm going to be the one that comes out on top in this particular deal. But a lot of people choose not to trade. I'm not one of them. That's a part of the game. It's one of the funnest parts of the game to me. If you know what you're doing, it can help both teams if, if you do it the right way. So, hey, that's what we're here for. For you guys that aren't quite sure the best ways to kind of break those things down, make sure you reach out to us on the socials and, uh, you know, join us on Sunday. It doesn't just have to be start sitting DFS. We're more than happy to answer any other fantasy-related questions that you may have and make sure that you max out this fantasy season. Other than that, we out.